Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Pedo! And also... Heather Mosier. Oh my gosh, we have another... We're back with the guests again! Look at us, Pedo. <laughs> We're, we're, we're doing, like the, we're doing yeah. the damn thing. I know. We, we kind of took a break last week. We gave you guys Spring Hill Jack. He didn't show up. Um, it, it was rude of him, but he didn't. Uh, but this week we've got Heather from, uh, well, Heather does lots of things. We'll talk about what Heather does um, here in a little bit. Pato, how was your weekend? My weekend was awesome. Uh, I attended Game Hole in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. Met up with Tobias and Emily Wayland of the Sigler 14 Society, Sigler14.com. Uh, Friday night, we ate cookies, drank Bud Light, and talked shit, and also got to play Dungeon Crawler Classics. It was a lot of fun. This was our second year meeting up at Game Hall, and uh, we actually got to game together this time. Last year, we just had a real quick meet and greet. This time, we kind of hung out and broke bread and, and gamed for four hours, five hours. That was a lot of fun. Saturday, I did the convention with uh, my son, which was his first con. We had a blast. Everyone was cool. We played well. And uh, I think it's going to be a yearly thing for us. So, you know, I do Gary Khan in uh, March in Lake Geneva. And uh, this is, I think this is going to be a tradition too, doing Game Hole in Madison. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and hopefully when we do the uh, the uh, Cincinnati Frogman thing, we'll get a game or two going either the night before, the night after, I don't know, so that we can we can initiate you into our tribe. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> is that is shaking your head? Yes. Shaking your head no. Just shaking my head. <laughs> Play some D and D with us. You're gonna be a gnome. Just the general, you know. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, it sounds like you had a great weekend. Yeah, so that was good. And then uh, two things I want to talk about real quick. Number one on Y2K movies, uh, we have an episode this week with Chris Holm from Conspire Theory, where we talk about 2015's transhumanist furry masterpiece jupiter ascending from the warkowskis um we got some halloween th- theme stuff coming up later on this week with the show and it sounds like we're having aaron d's on in november to talk about godzilla movies Ooh. so yeah i'm not really a godzilla person but apparently he is so yeah whatever. oh yeah he is yeah i think we're gonna do it we're gonna do a double feature like we did with you we're gonna do shin godzilla and final wars oh yeah that's good that's good stuff two two of the better ones and then um also officially november 5th at the lyric theater in beautiful downtown blue island illinois the orange county of the midwest recipe for oblivion will be making its big screen debut before shuffling off to the trauma now app so come out at 7 p.m on saturday november 5th the lyric theater in blue island tickets are on sale via the website but i also reserved a table because it is like assigned seating and uh it's a nine seat table back by the bar and if you get to me quick enough, we might have one or two of those open. But please, if you're a Chicagoland listener of the show, uh, Saturday, November 5th at Lyric Theater for the Blue Island Film Festival. Come on out. Okay, very cool. And of course, you know, like we said last week, actually, shout out to big fan of the show, Danny. Um, he's going to subscribe to Troma now to watch Pato's movie and other, all the other Troma movies. Um, but if oh, you're really? Not- yeah, 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 yeah. He said he's never, um, he he's never really gotten into trauma films before. You're gonna the love fuck. How... You're gonna love them. If you like <laughs> yeah, this <that's>... show, <laughs> yes, that seems like almost a prerequisite of of liking show. our show is that you had to have watched Toxic Avenger at like an inappropriate <laughs> age. <laughs> I mean, right. I guess good for you. You obviously had a better childhood than me and Asher's did, but 
Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, okay. I mean, he's but he's subbing to it, Pat, just for your movie. So. Oh my God! Thanks, Danny. He's gonna he's gonna appreciate that. Heather, what'd you do this weekend? Anything exciting? She was scotted off with Spring Hill Jack. I know. Heather Heather ran away. Heather Heather got abducted. We'll we'll come back to Heather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. Why don't you uh, get into your weekend and I'll I'll handle the tech side of things. Gotcha. Okay. So I um I had an okay weekend. I uh just uh you know did family stuff. Um I so I took my daughter trunk or treating and um you oh, know yes. people oh, yes. people don't like that i guess people don't like trunk or treating I, people are like totally against it why do you hate fun i, I don't know because i hate having to fucking decorate my car like that's what i don't like about it i mean it's no. good for it's good for the kids i guess because they can go trick-or-treating in a parking lot as opposed to like wandering around a neighborhood but what's wrong with wandering around a neighborhood and yeah. then you have to decorate your car so that it looks like something, which is just a gigantic pain in the ass. Um, I don't know. I guess I have to, we have to do one with my kid's school every year. So I don't, I have a very skewed. Why do you have to do one? Because my wife's on the PTL. So oh. like we have to participate in all that shit. We just can't be bystanders. Okay. You know me, I got to get involved. I can't just be like some <laughs> fucking guy that shows up to shit. I got to be the one running it. Well, so. I took my daughter trunk or treating, and that wasn't the point of the story. Um, okay, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I was just saying that people, you know, give shit. They don't like trunk or treating. I think that's dumb. Anyway, um, you know, uh, more candy. I mean, what do you hate about that? Anyway, right. while we were trunk or treating, guess what? Or who I saw? Uh, I don't know. I, there was a Mothman there. Wow, one of the Halloween costumes. Yeah, there was a little Mothman, and that was, it was way cool. <laughs> um, you know, I was super excited about that. Uh, so I was going to, you know, talk to the Mothman kid, um, but my daughter got very upset and very embarrassed and did not want me to talk to him. Um, so I I didn't. But, you know, I guess, you know, so there was somebody else there, another adult that we knew, and she was saying that the Mothman kid, um, you know, did really like the Mothman. He was really into it. I was super excited that they're going to go to the festival next year and this, that, and the other. And I was like, damn it, that kid probably would have loved to have, to have met me. <laughs> and I didn't say anything, so. You know, um, just to interject real quick, my, my kid had, it's like their, like, I don't know, it's called Ribbon Week. And uh, today was bring a stuffed animal to school day. And he brought in a stuffed Cthulhu that he had. And he was a little nervous about it because he was like, you know, are they going to, because he goes to like a, a like a, a Christian school. And he was like, are they going to not let me go? Are they going to, like, am I going to get in trouble because it's an elder god? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, you can bring like one of your Pokemon stuffed animals if you want. And he decided that he wanted to bring it. And when I picked him up today, I said, hey, how'd it go? Like, did anyone say anything? Did the teacher say anything? He, he was like, yeah, everybody asked me who it is. And I said Cthulhu, and no one knew who I was talking about. And I thought, like, well, yeah, because you're in fucking sixth grade, number one. But number two, like, what benefit do our kids have from, like, having weird, cool parents? You know what I mean? And, you know, that kid who, like, had the Mothman costume on, that probably flew over... 90 percent of the other kids heads and even the parents i'd say you know what i mean right like that's so interesting that like you have these kids that like lock onto these like weird 
cultural things. And for us growing up, like, especially for me, because I was, the reason I knew who H.P. Lovecraft was, was because I listened to Metallica, and, and they had an instrumental song on their second album called Call of the Cthulhu. And I went the extra step to figure out what that was about and blah, blah, blah. But, and then I had to order, like, the book from a fucking bookstore at the mall and shit. Like, it's not even like mm-hmm. I go on the internet and look it up. So, uh, props to that kid for being weird and for being, uh, for doing that because, um, you know, there's. there's yeah, for shit. sure. I don't think anybody knew that he was Mothman, um, but, but I did. And I, I should have, like I said, I should have yeah. stopped him. Was he my a Fallout fan, like, you think, or do you think he was just... like, oh. No, he was, don't I, I found that out. Kid. I found out that he was a Mothman. He was just a Mothman fan because, like I said, there was another adult there that we knew who was passing out candy, and she said he was talking about the festival and everything. He likes Mothman himself, so I was like, "Wow!" Oh. So I should have talked to him, and my daughter was like, "No." <laughs> Is he in your daughter's grade? I don't know. He had a mask on. He was Mothman. <laughs> you know, he, was. he could have been a midget. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't know who he was. <laughs> so i did that um you know and and then and then i also uh sunday um i recorded with the bloody bits horror show which i've been on many times before definitely go check that out it's out now um we talked about the 2007 hit masterpiece the signal um spoiler alert it's actually not a masterpiece it's really not that good um but (laughs) but we did a whole episode about it it was interesting um because normally when i go on when i go on their show i do i i usually come to talk about really fucked up disturbing movies um but this this month was a little bit different they were like doing a gift exchange for their guests so one of their previous guests picked and picked a movie for me and then i picked a movie for them um they gave gave me the signal i gave them bad boy bubby so i've never never heard of that (laughs) oh god listen it's really a wonderful movie i'm gonna say that right now it is fucking good but it's there's a lot of incest so <laughs> that's just fair warning between who between the main character and his mother is she hot no well fuck that then. <laughs> it's not it's not sexy it's, oh my god i, I mean are we talking like sleepwalkers here like... i don't know i've never seen sleepwalkers anyway oh, just okay. go listen to the bloody bits episode of um the signal go watch bad boy bubby if, if you can stomach it um i've got uh, pe- impeccable taste in movies as everybody knows so so heather how was your weekend well um my weekend was uh kind of stressful everybody's been sick here at the house everybody's Ooh. been passing around an illness because you know one child can't get sick without getting the other sick and then by the time mom's done taking care of them then mom is also sick oh. um so that was most of my weekend and um finishing up the last bit of formatting for bruce hellenbeck's book that will be coming out november 7th yeah Um, i saw that very cool yeah so and that um again similar to the tech problems here had me wanting to throw my computer through the window um (laughs) just because formatting is not my forte at all but we got it handled so (laughs) sure (laughs) Sounds great. Well, I'm yeah. glad that I'm glad that you joined us. I'm glad that you made it here finally. Um. Yeah, goodness, thank you. You've been so so kind because when you first asked, and I was like, oh yeah, I can I can do Monday, and then a couple weeks later, I'm like, oh, my daughter has a choir concert. Shit, and then then we 
then I'm watching my son play some Tim Burton esque game tonight, <laughs> not realizing that it's Tuesday. And I get the email. I was like, Oh my God, I'm late. This is, oh, I'm not okay today. But yeah, <laughs> no, I'll pull okay. it together. <laughs> we, um, we might seem like we have our shit together, but we absolutely do not. So <laughs> you're just in good company. That's fine. Yay. Good. Um, you know, so it's, it's all good. Um, let's get into some news. huh? Let's talk about some news that happened. Um, one thing I want to talk about is, you know, what's been hot. Of course, these things always seem to happen. Typically, we record the shows, the show on Mondays. Um, and I believe this is what happened last week. We recorded the show and then Tuesday, this Ogopogo picture dropped. Um, mm. Let's talk about this, this dumb picture for a minute, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's dumb, but okay. A couple were on Lake Okanagan. They allegedly saw this thing in the water. They took a picture of it. People are going nuts over it. Um, if you haven't seen it already, uh, go to my social medias and, and go look at, I'll post or repost it again. I'll post a link in the description. Um, but it just, to me, to me, it looks like a mascot head. It looks like the head of a furry costume. <laughs> like that's what I see. I cannot get past seeing a wolf. Some mm. people have said that they see a duck that's like diving and then it's at the feet sticking up out of the water. Um, I've seen all kinds of clever plastic mask. I've seen that. Um, I don't know. Have you guys seen this picture? Yes, I have <laughs> seen it on your social media, actually. And um, to me, it looks like something made out of wood. Like, okay, I don't like know. Garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I see a face, but I just don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a creature. Uh. I don't know. No, it I don't. Looks like it looks something. static. It looks like it's just floating there. Yeah. You know, exactly. Which, it, it, there's no like waves around it, like it's in motion at all. And then, you know, on top of that, yeah, you kind of see the face and a head, but there's no like mm-hmm. body. Yeah. <laughs> <to> <laughs> right, so, right. I, you yeah, know, the ears I, are sticking up. Yeah. It's like ears sticking out of the water. And, you know, the, the, couple said that those two points between those two points in the water was about three feet um but allegedly yeah so i mean that makes it a lot bigger however once again we know humans are terrible at measuring things with the naked eye so Mm -hmm. i don't know you know i i think it's ridiculous um pato you you your opinion is garbage in the water yeah some trash okay stress <laughs> there's the consistent consensus there um but speaking of uh other lake monsters there has been another uh, nessie sighting the sixth one of the year actually uh spotted on october 11th by a mother and daughter kind of walking the the lock there they saw this hump come out of the water and that was it well they're calling it a um uh, an aquatic anomaly is what they saw um, so <laughs> they're not saying it's nessie but it has been officially registered under the um you know the official Loch Ness sightings site um allegedly so did the webcams pick up on anything because they have i feel like that that's one of the more heavily monitored bodies of water right like they got all yeah. those webcams and shit out so what did they nothing did they they didn't collab- corroborate no or? no but i mean i don't think every single inch of the lock has a webcam on it so you know to to my understanding so 
Yeah, I mean, it's just another another Nessie sighting. Again, we are not on par with what we had last year. Um, you know, she was seen tons. Yet last year was a record-breaking year. Right now, we're in October. This is only the sixth sighting. I don't even think we're going to get close to what we I, I should have pulled up the number of how many we had last year. But I don't think we're going to get close to that. So We could start calling them in. Calling in Nessie sightings? <laughs> just to pad the numbers? Yeah. No. Just to juke the stats? <laughs> I mean... 2022 is the year <laughs> just start throwing them out there um i i guess we could but i don't i can't advise that <laughs> if you guys do it you're doing it for pat o not for me um sure <laughs> but anyway pat o you wanted to talk about something huh oh you're gonna make me do this one yeah uh fuck. You brought it up uh- so uh, I saw on Twitter yesterday, but it was also covered by NPR and CNN, that NASA announced the team members for its UFO study. Uh, so a group of 16 researchers will spend the next nine months studying unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP. Um, and the list of the uh, team members is kind of impressive and non-impressive like there's no it's a it's a bunch of uh professors of physics uh people that work for the office of aviation uh a navy test pilot um people that work in private industry and, and technology companies uh electrical engineers um so people that work in astronomy uh you know stuff like that so people that surface level have the credentials that you think that you might want to have study something like this but there's no like ufologists or anything there's no i don't know people that have ever been on coast to coast like you think you would have thrown a couple of those people in there right like don't you think one of them has been on coast to coast and i can't remember i can't remember which one okay i did read that but but i i agree with that um right clearly none of them are ufologists none of them are your favorite uh podcasters none of them are your favorite youtubers you know (laughs) no names that you would conventionally recognize if you are simply a fan of this stuff and um you know is that wrong i don't know i mean i kind of pose the idea uh when they started doing the uap quote-unquote disclosure um you know what are they going to do with us what are they going to do with the researchers I, f- I feel Nothing. like it is wrong. I'm going to go out on a limb there and say that I think that you need, I, I, I wouldn't trust it if it was a uh, group of self-published Amazon authors or something, right? Like I wouldn't sure. trust it if it was the talking heads from the history channel, ancient aliens, right? But you can throw like one or two of them in there for color, like, <laughs> right? Like people that at least have read the books and like people in the culture sure sat around and smoked weed and talked about this shit before like you can have somebody like you'll throw one of them in there get one oddball i don't suggest it would be me or anything but like you know i don't know i it, it felt a little like they they very much stacked the deck in one direction they had a lot of people that knew a lot about science but not necessarily anyone that was familiar with the uh lore it's the, the lore. Lo- yeah the lore or yeah. just or just the the thought processes up until this point people that have been taught like i'm willing to and now you said somebody on this 
of this group had been on coast yeah, to coast. One okay, of them cool. had been, right. One of them, one of the 16. That's awesome. But like, I would like to see at least two or three people that have thought about this before, like actively thought about this and, and researched this topic and philosophized about this topic before they were tapped to be on, on this uh, like team. You know what I mean? But what would the, I mean, what would the guideline for that look like? What kind of, you know, what kind of resume would you need to have in order to be like, oh, I'm somebody that actually kind of knows what I'm talking about a little bit, but uh, you know, I'm open, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> written a written a book, made a documentary. I mean, I'm. But I, even I, those I, people are, can be crazy. Oh, well, not Heather. I mean, or her, sure. you know, uh-huh. like she could have been on this. They could have found room for her. Oh yeah. You want to take up much space? Get her a little <laughs> stack of telephone books at the at the end of the table. Now, so you got to give know? Heather a job. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, throw Heather. No, I'm just that. That's all I'm saying. I'm, <laughs> I ain't trying to tell NASA how to do their job, but I am. I am. Uh, <laughs> you know, they could have had like me or Heather. Or, you know? <laughs> I'll take a yeah. NASA job. Fuck. Um, no, I mean, I, I get. What oh, I do they drug test? Oh <laughs> do they, man, do they piss test for this. <laughs> well, I'm out. Fuck. Um, <laughs> they probably do. It's NASA. Yeah, I would have to say NASA piss test for this. <laughs> before they let you in the door <laughs> probably, no they probably hair follicle they probably take it really serious yeah they probably do they you know what i mean do. yeah that's yeah. true uh i mean no I, I i hear what you're saying i agree like i said i, I posed that question when all this kind of, kind of started well, what happens to us you know uh are we just out of a job now <laughs> is that what's going on um you know some of us some people have dedicated their entire lives to this and and know what they're talking about and uh maybe they should be involved i agree um because you're right you don't have anybody that's an expert per se on the lore, you know. Um, but this isn't really, you know, people are talking about this. Everybody's excited about it. It's really not, I mean, it's exciting, I guess, but only, I don't know. It's only so far. They're not really doing much. They're just trying to figure out right now, they're like in the pre-planning stage and they're trying to figure out how they can study these things. And they're not, they're not doing it with anything from the past. They're trying to figure out going forward because the reason for that is because they don't have access. NASA has said, we don't have access to the U.S. government's classified records. We don't know what they say. We don't know what that information has. So now we have to create our own file and go forward. So they're just now starting. Hmm. So I don't that know. That doesn't seem fair. You, exactly right yes exactly if anybody's gonna study this stuff shouldn't it be nasa and maybe not the government somebody neutral like nasa you know who isn't ran by the government but you know I, maybe that's just but then again they're the government's not going to trust nasa with their classified information because they are seeing this as some type of military threat so you know that's <laughs> that's what we're looking at um so i don't know we'll see I would rather contactees and things like that report to NASA than I would the government. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, fuck NASA. They, they lie too. And it's like, ah. Eh. But again, still, NASA didn't, um, you know, conduct mind control experiments on us. That was that was the government. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's just me. You sound um, like a crazy person there. You realize that, right? What do you mean? How do I sound like a crazy person? That actually happened. I know that, but you don't have to bring up MK Ultra all the time. I do. That's that's my fucking straw man argument. God damn it. Mm. <laughs> but it is. But anyway, um, 
I don't know. It, it'll be like I said, it'll be interesting to see what NASA decides to do with this information, how they're going to compile this information. Um, I don't really care so much about who they got on it as long as they got somebody on it. Yeah, I think we're all managing our expectations here. Like, I don't, you know, to think that they're going to come with something or it's going to re- result in the release of something. It's going to result in the release of exactly they want it, whatever they want it to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to, this isn't some independent multi-nation uh council this is this is very much inside people academic people people that aren't going to challenge challenge you know the norm too much so that is what it is heather do you have an opinion on nasa studying uaps (laughs) uh i mean i guess the more people studying it the better i can see why they would kind of steer away from Anybody that would discuss the like the folklore or, or anything like that right now, if they're wanting to be science based, right? Because um, then I feel like I mean, those of us that believe in it are going to believe in it anyway. Um, so the goal would be to try to convince those who want something, I guess, a little more concrete. So if they could say, "Well, these scientists have actually discovered whatever," then everybody's like, "Oh, okay, sure." All right. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. not the guy that down. said he was abducted, but the actual right. yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Who cares if that guy had a personal experience? The the scientist said that it it happened. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's definitely bridging the gap. Um, you know, trying to get the trying to close the stigma. It, it we're I think we're just way far off from it still. Yeah. Um, and that's but this is just a step in it. So I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes um well that was really all the news that we had this week nothing too major and exciting but uh let's talk about what we're here to talk about heather (laughs) (laughs) if people don't know already who you are would you mind just kind of giving a brief rundown about who you are what you do things like that um so my name is heather um i am a producer for a documentary film company called small town monsters um so I'm a producer and researcher for the, for them, and uh, that pretty much takes up most of my time, really. Um, but I'm also <laughs> a, a writer. Um, the podcast that I was running is on hiatus right now, just because we don't we're like really busy with the docs. But yeah. um, the lore, you know, um, was a podcast that I was running where I was talking to really cool people just about stories and storytelling. Um, but I do write. I've been in the Feminine Macabre, which is an all-female journal um, of ladies in the paranormal. Um, I don't know. I like to. I like to go ghost hunting. I like to take walks in the woods. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like to game D and D all the way. I like the game conversation that was happening earlier. It was oh. cool to hear about Emily and Tobias because um, I would Never- absolutely game with them sometime. Oh, totally. Yeah. Do you ever go to any of the like conventions or anything or? I have not. Although where I am, we're not far from what Gen Con. In um, Indianapolis. That, yeah, yeah, that sounds like crazy big for me. Like it's at the Colts stadium. Mm -hmm. Like I can't even imagine navigating that or dealing with that many people not that i'm like agoraphobic yeah. or anything but like that just seems like a lot of like the lake geneva one gary con which is kind of the original that's almost getting to be too hectic the madison wisconsin one is very chill 
and mm-hmm. um that's i really like that speed i like that energy it's not super chaotic and busy it's you know very diverse and fun and um low-key yeah i wouldn't be able to handle big crowds either i mean mothman was overwhelming this year but yeah. i felt safer behind the booth i guess i don't know if safer is even the right word just away from the crowd enough that I was okay. But if I had to go to the bathroom or something and work my way through the crowd, that was, that was a little much for me. Intimidating. Yeah. I understand mm-hmm. that. That Well, and like I said, we didn't vent, but I knew plenty of people. I'm like, Hey, can I hide at your <laughs> booth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and exactly. it worked. <laughs> so I get that. So do you just do tabletop gaming or do you do video gaming too? Um, so I used to play video games. I don't play them so much anymore. If I sit down and play now, yeah. it's more like busting out the NES or SNES. Sure. Um, but I did go many years playing World of Warcraft back in the day. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's like, talk about being like addicted to a game. There's still times, I mean, I haven't played World of Warcraft in 10, 11 years. And I'll still have moments where I'm like, man, I really miss, I really miss running through UC, even though most people wouldn't say that, but like, I, I miss running through Undercity and I miss the, the dungeons, not the raids, there's too many people involved, but like the little dungeons, uh, just grinding, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And the collected leather. Uh, yeah, no, I never collected leather. I went and picked plants and I made potions. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I was never a leather worker. I was always an alchemist. I liked, uh, I, I liked WoW until about level thirty because that's when I would solo it. I didn't like guilds. Yeah. I didn't like having to like keep a yeah. schedule where oh, I, it's my raid night. Although now exactly. I, I I do uh, every two weeks. Actually, I have it tomorrow night. Um, I get together with a group of guys on Discord, and we play mm-hmm. uh, DCC, which is like D it. D&D is Dungeons and Dragons. DCC is Dungeon Crawler Classics, which is okay. very much like D&D from the 80s. Um, it's, I prefer, I honestly prefer D&D 5e. That's my favorite gaming mm-hmm. system. Um, yeah. Tobias, he, in the group chat we're in, he referred to it as like playing video. It's like tabletop video games, which I'm <laughs> cool with. Like, I, I, yeah. I think that's a great explanation. It is very easy. It's very mm-hmm. pick up and play. It's kind of geared towards the player winning. These are all positives in my book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? um, yeah. <laughs> that's what, um, have you played Neverwinter? I was, I played that for a good bit um, a couple years ago. On, on uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. I had downloaded it and played it a little bit and then, um, just didn't and my my thing with video games is that any time i spend playing a video game is time i'm not spending writing or doing this or connecting with my children (laughs) or paying (laughs) paying attention to my spouse or whatever like sure it's 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 got to be the lowest i got to make sure that i keep it on the lowest rung on my ladder of like significance because otherwise it'll go straight to the top and everything else will like i have one of those day jobs where like i can work from home and -hmm. those work from home days i'm playing fallout 76 and (laughs) like i can't i have to like be very strict about how much time i allow myself like okay we're only going to level up once today and that's it okay we're just going to complete this (laughs) mission and that's it you're not you're not going to play for more than an hour because one hour will turn into five 
Yep. The dogs are going to go piss in the corner and <laughs> your wife's going to come home and like start screaming at you about shit. So it's like, yeah, I keep video games at a very, um, I'm like you, I'll watch my kids. I live vicariously through them now. Like yeah. you guys play, you have fun. Oh, that looks cool. Okay. Now I can go make dinner and come back and whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Having, uh, having kids is what ended my world of Warcraft days. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking kids ruin yeah. everything. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I but I do miss it. Yeah. And I do watch my kids play. My son's an excellent gamer and Which um, he's actually gone through. Oh yeah. He's gone through and beat some of the games that I never beat as a kid. Cause I made him start playing the old school stuff first. That's cool. Um, and so he's gone through and, and beat some stuff. And now he actually brags about that to me. Like, well, you never beat Majora's Mask or whatever. I'm like, yeah, because I don't have the patience for it. Yeah, who could? Oh, my God. Of all the games to bring up, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. I had a life. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I can't. No, I get too angry. Just, <laughs> your your days are up. They have yeah. the internet, like they can Google that shit. Like we had to like write it yeah. down on notebook paper and yeah. be like, okay, I have to be at this place at this. Like I, <laughs> I had gotten Nitra, they re-released Nitrap for the Switch. And mm-hmm. um, I was able to just go online and download like when to be in every room. And I had yeah. my kids sit there and just read me the time log. Like, okay, go <laughs> in the library. Okay, go in bedroom number two. And he's like, isn't this cheating? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like you don't even yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, you don't understand. That's what I had a uh, game genie for the regular Nintendo. My kids have given me crap for that. Like, isn't that cheating? I was like, listen, some of those games you could not beat unless you, you had a game genie. Right. All right. <laughs> you had to have unlimited lives. I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> so true. It's very well, that's that, that outside of like what I do here, like that is my hobby is is gaming, video gaming and and retro game collecting um and retro gaming so i mean you know i don't get to do as much i don't get to play the games as much i agree i think it's fucking nice that i can just go on the internet and cheat <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because otherwise i yeah i would never finish it i just would never make it through it um but so I, there's no shame in my cheating game i'm saying that right now i'm proud <laughs> <laughs> so i've been trying to like make it through this is one game i'm playing i'm playing um shimigami tensai 5 on my uh, my switch and so that's my big thing that's my nerd thing is jrpgs i love them and um i'm so done playing it like i feel like i've been playing it for so long now and like the way that these games work i don't have to like 100 percent the game i did cheat and i bought I, but i paid for it i bought dlc so i could cheat right. at the game and get through it faster and now i'm like just right there at the end and i just have not had the time to sit down and, and beat it and i'm like i know if i pick it up I'm not going to stop until I finish it. <laughs> so, right. I just haven't been. Uh, but uh, yeah. you're going to have to sit me down sometime and explain to me what Persona 5 is because I, I played Persona 5, so I don't I haven't played it yet. Oh, because that's one of those things that like it looks it like is. an RPG, but there's so much DLC for it. it like I, I don't is it. I don't I don't get what that is. I know what the Persona series. I mean, I've played all the other Persona games. I just haven't played five yet. Yeah, it's a JRPG. Yeah, that's what made me think of it. So is it is like you're a person, you can just do anything, or is there a storyline or there's there's an yeah, there's a storyline, but there's like an kind of an open world concept, but they're like it's like center like you're a student at school, okay. Yeah. I like I said, I haven't played Persona 5, but I imagine it's the same thing as the other games. You're a student at school, all right, and like 
the time will progress forward depending on what you do. So like if you you get out of school and if you decide to go like hang out with a classmate, then the time's going to progress forward. It won't otherwise, but you really can't do much else until that happens. Okay. I don't know. I'll explain it outside of the show. People you can send me down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. People don't want to hear this. People are here because they want to hear about Heather. <laughs> oh, um, but anyway, um, so Heather, how did you get into the weird stuff? Uh, um, I was always into the weird stuff. Let's see. My parents had me watching Unsolved Mysteries when I was little. Oh, yeah. And, do it. Um, that just that just stuck with me. I love that. It was one of my favorite shows. And um, grew up with mom telling me stories about the Ouija board that she had when she was young that her sister got so frightened of that she had my grandmother burn it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've just always been attracted to, to stories of weird, especially ghosts. Um, and then just where I live, it's in like the foothills of the Appalachians. There's woods everywhere. So I grew up hearing stories about Bigfoot. Um, the kind of thing where I just never like really questioned whether that was real or not. Just like, yeah, okay. Um, there's Bigfoot out there. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I live in Minerva now. And that's the home of the Nerva monster that had sightings in the seventies of Bigfoot. There's still sightings now. Um, so it's just always been around, I guess. I don't know. I always felt more interested in anything that had like a, a spooky or weird aspect to it. I mean, we're talking about like playing world of Warcraft and stuff and I'm wanting to play the undead when I play right. that stuff. Like it's just always been a part of me. Just attracted to the strange. That's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. valid. Yeah. You know, some people have like, oh, I had a sighting or, oh, I saw this thing. And that's what, you know, some people, they just were weird. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. I was born weird. That's how this works. It's a yeah. genetic defect or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was in, I'm pretty sure it was third grade when my mom bought me my first Ouija board. Oh, that's so cool. yeah, it's been, I mean, it's just, and now my kids have been raised around it. I've got yeah. multiple Ouija boards now. And like, can we play on it? I'm like, yeah, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> just take part of it is the idea of taking the stigma away from it. Cause I've known too many people that are like terrified. Terrified. Yeah. For no reason other yeah. than they've heard bad things. I mean, if you have an experience, that's one thing, but then I've also met people that have never had any experiences with them. Right. And are nervous. Um, they're like, I wouldn't be in a house with a Ouija board. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to tell you, but you are right now. So <laughs> Um, I can just but, imagine uh, like you and your family getting together, like, oh, it's family game night, and you bust out the Ouija board. <laughs> dude, I'll send you pictures of, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you pictures of, it was a couple years back when uh, Spirit Halloween put out, well, they, I think they're still there, but I, it might have been the first year they did it where they had like a very specific Ouija board that was just for Spirit Halloween. Ooh. And um, it's like, I think ridiculously expensive, but whatever. I was like, whatever, it's Halloween, we're getting it. And um, the cool thing about it is that the planchette is made of wood. Um, the not so cool part is that the the opening in the planchette, like the eye is so huge that it, it can never stop over just one letter. It's like, oh. you always see two, two letters or half half of each letter anyway. But it looks cool. So you have to so like encode it if you use it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you mean H. I'm not sure. No, but um, 
So when I got that, I brought it to my parents along with my original one that my mom got me when I was in third grade and then a glow in the dark one. And I have a picture somewhere of like my mom, my dad, my brother, my kids, or a couple of the kids, not all of them. And I don't know if I'm in the picture or not, but we've got all three boards set up on the dining room table and everybody's <laughs> playing with the board. That's so um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like that's definitely happened. Uh, <laughs> it's not a stretch. <laughs> I love that. I think that's, wow. Like I said, I think that, that's, that's awesome. I think that is good that you're trying to destigmatize that whole, cause yeah, that that's one thing I have to parrot a lot is that you know, it's Ouija boards aren't, they're not inherently evil. <laughs> right. You right. Know, you know, you're not going to be possessed by a demon just because you use one. Um, you know, it's the same, it's just another tool of divination. And some people even hearing that though, already, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't like that. I don't, you know, so I think right. it's good that, that, you know, you're so, I mean, it sounds like you had a lot of, um, parental influence kind of into the weird anyway growing up you guys just had that well like I said it was just in your genes to to do it and be weird <laughs> yeah so, yeah I think that's, I mean it was pretty cool, cool. yeah, yeah <laughs> that sounds neat so Heather how did you um how did you get well hooked up with the small town monsters deal I mean how did you get involved in in that whole in that tiny project <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um well when Seth started Small Town Monsters, the first project that he did was Minerva Monster. Um, I grew up in a really small town called Carrollton, which is right next to Minerva. Um, like they were high school rivals and so on. So when word got out that there was this, this documentary that was being filmed about the Minerva Monster and it's Bigfoot, then um, I was like, obviously my interest was peaked. Um, and Seth then had a Minerva Monster Day, which was this festival in downtown Minerva. Um, so I went to the first Minerva Monster Day festival and just kind of kept an eye on what was going on because it was interesting. Um, but really what hooked me was when he did the Mothman of Point Pleasant. And I enjoyed the, I don't know, there was something about the research and the history that was put into it that just caught me more than the previous films. And so I had messaged him. I think it was probably, to be honest, it's probably because of the, he had a a picture of this, um, it's James Gay Jones, Appalachian Stories. I can't remember the name of the book, but it's an orange cover that he like flashes that on the screen. And I'm like, I have that book. I know that book. Um, And that's pretty much what got me. And so I messaged him then on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I appreciate the, the work that you do and the research that you put into it. And um, that's my favorite thing pretty much from my days in college was the research. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you want anybody to research at any point in time, um, I will help you. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'll keep that in mind. Fast forward a year or so later, I was doing my own stuff um, and looking into cursed objects specifically yeah about uh, like, well, <clears throat> I'd been in contact with the National Park Service about things that were returned to them at Gettysburg. Um, and then I'd been looking into the rocks at the Bell Witch Cave. Obviously during all of this, I'm still watching STM and, and what, what Seth is making. Sure. And I was at a, um, 
I was at a premiere and I can't remember what, what it would have been. It was, it was at Canton Palace Theater anyway. He was premiering one of his movies and at the question and answer section afterwards, he mentioned that they were thinking about doing the bell witch at some point. And so I messaged him again. I was like, Hey, I, I already have stuff on that. If you wanted it, like if you need help um, or just want to take a look at what I have. And he's like, you know what, that, that might actually come in handy. And then the next thing you know, he's like, how about you come on before we even get to bell witch? Let's start you with Momo. And um, so I started with the research with Momo and then everything after that, it's just been more involvement. Um, Cause Momo, it was pretty, pretty, I don't want to say simple research because it took a lot of digging, but sure. compared to now, <laughs> yeah, it, it was more like just track some people down that, that were a part of the original family, if you right. can, and then Seth would contact them. So I sent him a list of like contacts, potential contacts, but then everything after that has gotten progressively more involved. Now I'm the one contacting them, right. um, helping schedule stuff for our, our film shoots. Um, I got to help write Skinwalker Howl of the Rougarou, which was amazing. That's like my baby. Um, so it's just more stuff, more stuff all the time. And I, I love it. And um, now you're just here to stay and you can't get rid of the yeah. email. <laughs> that's, uh, that I hope he doesn't. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's my goal to stay. <laughs> No, that's okay. I guess I didn't realize that you guys had met because of all that. I, for some reason, and I, I don't know, maybe it's because we're all Ohioans. I just assume you guys like knew each other already. Yeah. No, what's really weird is I didn't find this out until years later, but um, apparently we were both at the Finding Bigfoot Town Hall meeting oh. that was in Canton, Ohio in 2014, wow. I think. Um, which I had, I convinced my dad to come sit with me to the, uh, during the, the filming because sure. we used to watch Finding Bigfoot all the time. And, um, that is where in, as I'm standing in line, this woman was right in front of me. She's by herself. And we started talking because the line was taking forever. And that was Shannon LeGrow. Wow. Um, <laughs> and cause she used to live in Ohio and, yeah. um, so I met her before I met Seth actually. And this was before she'd started into the fray, like shortly beforehand. Cause yeah. then, uh, we became friends on Facebook. And then it was shortly after that, that she launched the podcast, but I have a video. Like she has a picture somewhere of her with Renee. Cause Renee greeted everybody outside and she had me take her fi- picture. Um, cool. So I took the picture for Shannon and then Shannon held my phone while Renee recorded a video for my oldest daughter who at the time was only like four. So she couldn't come to the recording, yeah. but um, Renee sent her a message. But anyway, I guess that's the place where Shannon met Seth for the first time. Wow. Um, because when we went in, they told you where to sit. And since Shannon was like just the one person, they had her go to the one side of the room. They had dad and I go to the other. And I think she got seated next to Seth, if I'm remembering the story correctly. Um, and that's how they got connected. But I did not meet Seth for another year or so um, myself. <laughs> that's, talk about synchronicity, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> that, is, that is really weird. But you know what? I, nothing surprises me anymore. So 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to be honest. Um, no, that's, <laughs> that is pretty neat. Yeah. I know that you, you know, we have talked about it, um, you know, just kind of chatting and, you know, you had mentioned that, you know, of course the bell, which that, that's been tops for you. That's been your, is that still your favorite now, now that you guys have done all this stuff? Um, Hey, bell, Witch will always have a special place in my heart. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I Rougarou, even though I'm not really werewolves, aren't really my thing, uh, or Dogman or whatever, but, uh, the amount of research that I got to put into Rougarou that actually made it, that got into the script writing and stuff for the narration that may legitimately be my favorite right now. Um, Jersey devil though. Yeah. That one's also got me, <laughs> uh, which isn't out yet uh, officially, but for Kickstarter backers, it is. And um, I don't know. That one was a blast. It yeah. was a lot of fun. I bet. I, I I haven't been up to the Pine Barrens yet. I can't wait to go, though. I'm like itching. It's weird. We went there just, I mean, it was less than 48 hours, I think, from the time we left Ohio, drove out to the Pine Barrens, got a couple interviews and drove back. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I know it was, that life. <laughs> yeah. It was chaotic, but we went, we did spend an afternoon in the Pine Barrens and it was, uh, weird. It, it was, well, part of it we couldn't even see because there had been a forest fire and they had certain areas closed. Oh, yeah. Um, but I just, I guess I've never seen so many pine trees together. So, like as far as the eye can see, yeah. um, it just is, I don't know, desolate. I don't know if that is the right word for that, but um, it's like swampy, isn't it? There, there was an area that was swampy that we saw, but we were walking through the the woods and it was just pine, pine forests are nice because you don't have a ton of um, underbrush to worry about. Yeah. Um, So that's mostly what I saw, but we did come across like, house foundations and stuff so I, it made me wonder what like what used to be there um, yeah. one place we pulled over by a swamp it was by a swampy area and I'm always off looking for rocks and stuff to pick up because I I'm very rarely the one with the camera that's sure uh, unless it's behind the scenes stuff or whatever I'm usually just back on my phone taking pictures or something during the filming but um so I wander off and look for rocks to take home and <laughs> I found the uh, some house foundations and the one led to a basement. So I was down looking for stuff there, but didn't find anything spooky, unfortunately, but I'm always on the lookout for it anyway. Not this time. (laughs) Yeah, not this time. (laughs) But I did bring, see, but I did bring pine cones home because I thought pine cones from the Pine Barrens make sense. Yeah. What I wasn't thinking, which I don't know why this wouldn't have been, something that crossed my mind was that there were ticks in the pine cones. And so, um, well, I'm guessing that's where they came from anyway. There were ticks then in the Jeep and then on us later. Um, like, it's because you brought the pine cones in the car. (laughs) Oh, well, well, guess what? There's no ticks in the pine cones. Now they're safe. No worries. Um, let me have my pine cones. Damn it. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, they're inside. They're like, where's Heather? Oh, she's probably finding rocks or bones. Sometimes yeah. you can find bones. Those are cool too. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm like a little goblin just hoarding little bits and pieces of things that I, ooh, this one's pretty. 
<laughs> that's okay hey you know yeah. what that's just fine someone's gonna appreciate that stuff so yeah yeah <laughs> i do i i'm he- i'm here for the goblin energy that's for sure yeah that's i right. um i tell people all the time that, you know i tell them i'm like it's i'm not so much afraid of like bigfoot or dogman or whatever in the woods i'm more afraid of other people and yeah. ticks <laughs> oh i hate ticks they make me mad and i also am like a mosquito magnet so me too uh, yeah and i i mean i get i get bit i get the welts and then they bruise Ooh. um and i'll have the bruises for months and so like we just got back from texas and we in dallas i i wasn't even thinking about this i wasn't even outside that much we were outside for like one interview in dallas by the time i got back in the house i had about a dozen bites on my, oh my legs gosh Man, like dang it of course nobody else i mean eventually somebody got bit but they come to me first i hate it <laughs> they like me well being a diabetic i'm like a dessert to them they love my sugar blood so <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's mosquitoes <laughs> and ticks and yeah i would be more concerned about a person that i saw in the woods yeah because i'm like what, what are you doing there right i know what i'm you? doing yeah why are I'm you here looking for monsters what the hell are you doing <laughs> <laughs> right are you the monster that's yeah. yeah. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, that's the scariest thing. Um, you know, and of course, know in your area, you know, people talk about like the TNT area and I'm like, God, please, whatever you do, don't touch the fucking water. Please don't Yeah, <laughs> stay away from it. Stay out of it. <laughs> it doesn't even look like something you should touch. No, I mean. no. I'm like, just don't, I'm like, I'm like, if you want to wade through it, fine. Make sure that you got some nice uh-huh. wading boots, but don't go in with your tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like you will come out with like three three more eyeballs than you had before, um, <laughs> <laughs> or at least just cancer fifty years down the line. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, minimum. roll the dice, you roll know. The- but yeah, usually, I mean, it's funny because like you know, we'll talk about those things. People want to know, you know, well, what kind of equipment do you bring? What kind of this, that, and the other? And it's like, well, just basic, you know, just you're outside, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you have to be mindful of the fact of where you're going to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, don't go in the woods during hunting season. I mean. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, things like that. So how was Texas? I, I know that, yeah, you guys just got back there. We had Aaron D's on to talk about, um, you know, the dog man triangle stuff. Yeah. Uh, had you ever been to Texas before? Nope. That was my first time in Texas. And um, you, you guys hit a lot of like landmark uh, places I saw. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were there for, for filming for the Texas dog man triangle. So it only made sense to try to travel in a triangle. Sure. Um, so we flew into Dallas and then um, we spent every place. We were only there six days. So um, two days in Dallas. Then we drove down to the Austin area, although we never got into Austin itself. Um, and then we drove over to Houston for two days. Okay. And um, I mean, it was three to four hours, I think, in between each city. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, I don't know. I, I didn't, it was, it was too hot. I thought, <laughs> okay. um, the mosquitoes, of course, in Dallas, I was like, what are you doing up here? I, I was maybe expected near Houston, but not here, but the people were awesome. Um, so that was good. It was really flat, which I'm not used to, right. um, around here. Everything was dry. And that made me just sad in general because it was hot. The, like the ground was cracked and I'm like, oh man, you guys need rain. This um, is a terrible place. Yeah. 
and I did have a minor panic attack in we were we were headed to Goatman's Bridge and um we were driving for like 45 minutes and we were still in the city wow. and I'm like what is happening but it's because I'm guessing, I don't know. It's because Fort Fort Worth and Irving and Dallas are like all touching. Yeah. So you don't, you can drive. And Houston was the same way. We had a, a witness come to us who was in Houston. We were in downtown Houston. They were on the other side and it took them an hour to get to us. But oh. as we were on our way to Goatman's Bridge, it was just, it was just concrete everywhere, buildings everywhere. And I started to like tear up and, oh. <laughs> and Zach's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just, I don't know what it would be like to live here and not leave. Like, what if you grew up and you didn't know what was beyond this? How do you connect with the world and the woods and nature and all of that? If this is all you see, like people have to go out, right? Like, please tell me these people get out. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It was just, it was too much for me. Um, I grew up in the country and I've been in big cities before, but not where like when you're in a city, you're in there and you're just looking around a little bit, not like actively driving for right. so long. And you, the city is still there. I'm yeah. just what, what is there's too many people, too many people. There's no grass here. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. I need green. I don't, I need green. <laughs> well, at least now we know that you aren't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. I hate to tell you where I grew up. Shit. I know. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> <Facing> nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pat, Pat's in Chicago, so <laughs> oh yeah, I was in Chicago once upon a time for like a day when we were filming Lake Michigan Mothman. Yeah, um, and that, that was fine though when I was in it because we drove into the city and you we weren't there very long, right? And then we got out of the city, but it didn't take us an hour to get out of the city from where we were anyway. I don't know. Dallas what were you guys? What were you guys using as a home base? Uh, when the, when we were in Chicago, we were at that, uh, that hotel that has ghosts in it, uh, Congress. By the lake. that's it. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were there. So we were at the edge of the town, I guess, cause we were right on the lake. Mm. Sure. Um, we never saw the bean, which was fine. You didn't get to flick the bean. No. Thanks for making that joke, Ashers. That way I didn't have to be a total creep. (laughs) Somebody had to, and it was you. Thanks for jumping on that grenade. Had to be me. (laughs) (laughs) I know my role here. No, I'm just. um wow yeah interesting yeah i i watched um I, well i watched i haven't watched all of the documentaries yet um but you know for the most part i'm a backer i like to watch the new stuff coming out i haven't watched jersey devil i'm excited oh my god i'm so excited to hear what you think i'm very excited because it's been um one of my favorites i loved uh, american werewolves i thought that was Mm-hmm. It, I don't know I guess I don't know what I expected I suppose I expected more lore but then when I when it was just witnesses you know relaying mm-hmm. their stories and as a matter of fact one of the stories that was told there is one that's in my town <laughs> it's local to me mm-hmm. and um, I had actually connected with that witness and like now we've been kind of talking and sharing notes on the area um, nice. and things like that so it's the um, the Germantown area so oh Adam yeah yep 
Adam, yeah. Adam is story. Very, very cool guy. Very nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he's had a lot of really cool information. But it, like, it's funny because like, you know, for me and, and that whole deal, I have like history with that area because I started off when I really started getting into this stuff, I was just a dumb teenager. We would get high and go joyriding and go like look for ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Ger- Germantown, Ohio was our spot. Like we went there almost every night and it's because there was like a haunted area there and mm-hmm. um, like a haunted street. It's called Padre. I've talked to it on the show before and um, we would go and there's all these like fucked up stories and we would have like fucked up experiences there. Um, yeah one time driving up there so there's a there's a road there's a little road and it starts off it's actually like a bridge it's a one-lane bridge and then you're on basically a dirt fucking road and we would like take that route it wasn't fudge road we would take that route to get to fudge because it was it was creepy and uh we swear that we saw somebody dumping a dead body there i mean to the point Mm -hmm. where like we had the police on the phone and this was like before we were, we didn't know where we were. <laughs> we just knew this area and we would drive around and we were like trying to like explain to them how to get to us. And so we call it dead man's road. And, um, you know, so there was all these like mysteries around this area anyway. So I had heard about people are like, well, there's a werewolf there. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's my first, I'm like, ghost, sure. Werewolves. No, that's ridiculous. You know, that was my <laughs> first reaction to it. And like, nowadays it's really starting to come out that people are like well yeah there is this you know so after you guys came out with american werewolves we went down there i talked to adam uh you know for a while and um you know got a little bit more insight about where to go because it's not like it's just one street it's a big area and um we went down there and we didn't really we didn't find anything you know and let's be honest 98 percent of the time you don't find anything but yeah exactly (laughs) You know, we go down there and um, I had to pee really, really bad. And so we stopped at like the next town over. And the only place that was there was this little tiny bar. <laughs> so I go to the bar and I'm like, I go pee and I come out and they're like looking at me because I'm weird. This weird gothy chick that just, you know, they don't just redhead, you know, they don't know. And I'm like, hey, so, you know, I'm here and I'm, I'm an investigator and, and do you guys have a monster? <laughs> <laughs> they're like what i'm like you know like a monster like a like a big dog a big wolf monster and they just had fucking no idea what i was talking about <laughs> and you oh, know, man. sometimes you can go into those places and everybody there has a story right and sometimes yeah. you go into that place and you're fucking crazy and you need to leave so <laughs> yeah anyway, i just thought i'd yeah. share that <laughs> <laughs> that happened to us uh, when we were on chestnut ridge we had gotten locked out of the Airbnb and um, oh god! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> the, the, what we were told was to go to the, uh, I don't even know what this place, it's like a gaming place. They had, you could buy beer or whatever, but it's mostly like slot machines and stuff. Oh, okay. um, they're like, you can go down there and, and they'll have a backup key or whatever. Weird. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. So we walked in and we're like, well, what are you guys doing here? And we started to explain. And the one guy's like, yeah, well, my, I don't remember if he said his uncle or something. He's like, he was around when the, the Kecksburg stuff happened and he saw them take, take the acorn thing away. And he starts in this whole story. And I'm like, man, I really wish that I could hear more of this, but I need to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> I, Cause by that point it was really late, but um, uh, we lucked out on, I mean, that is cool when you can luck out on stuff like that, but yeah. Well, and yeah, I tell people, time just talk to the locals. It's so neat. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff, they, and and again, sometimes you're nuts. 
right. That's what it would be. It would be great if we could. And this is, it's tough to do for documentaries, but it, I think it would have worked for, um, for Rougarou too. The amount of people that I would call, yeah. it would say, well, all you got to do is just go down and walk down the street and start knocking on doors. Everybody's got a Rougarou story. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I wish that I could, but whenever we only have like a, a limited time to be there and you have to get so many right. interviews for a movie, it's tough to just wing it. Um, we have done things like that to a certain extent. Um, it happened when we were in Alaska where we ran into some people just by coincidence. Um, but I, you can't, you can't throw a whole documentary on that, at least with the status that we are maybe some right. someday if you've got a lot of money that we can like bank on, <laughs> but not with a, not with a small company right now, that's not something we can do. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's good for research purposes. I mean, even if you're just going to, even if you're just sightseeing the areas, man, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. go, go to the gas stations, talk to the clerks there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Cause they get all kinds of, even if they haven't had anything, they're like, well, yeah, so-and-so and, and this and that, they'll mm-hmm. tell you who to go to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they will. They'll just talk to you. And mm-hmm. um, you know, because they hear it all, they hear everybody, you know, everybody stops there. So, you know, in the town, um, but yeah, I, I can understand being limited on time. I mean, that is the toughest part. You only get so much of what you're doing. And, you know, sometimes you just get caught up in what you're doing. It just depends on how you investigate too. And, and you get caught up in what you're doing that you kind of lose track and you have to like drop other things and pick up something else. And, you know, it mm-hmm. just, sometimes it could take twists and turns. So I understand that, but you guys have a pretty well-oiled machine. I mean, there's a, you, you have a whole I mean, how many people work, you know, work within your team? Uh, four. <laughs> well. Yeah, we, um, well, like to, when we went to Texas, there were, there were four of us that came from Ohio and then we had Shannon right. LeGro and then Aaron. Um, but in Ohio, like at the office, there's four of us. Um, yeah. And then we have Alexander Hedekoff out in New England doing, doing his stuff. Some, yeah. yeah, his stuff and then Eli Watson's out in California. But as far as being at home, that's it right now. There's four of us. Um, and, uh, then if we need like Brandon Dalo does our, our music scores and stuff, but he's out in California, but yeah, day-to-day stuff. There's four of us. Oh my gosh. I guess I thought there was more of you. I don't, I don't know why. Nope. There's just four. (laughs) I guess because you're you pick people up and, and something, then they sometimes move along. Well, and that's a hard thing too, yeah. you know, especially when you have a whole project, you know, keeping people and having yeah. them commit to it. Cause it's not like it's racking in millions of dollars. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And to keep it, you I mean to keep it consistent and to have stuff out so that we can keep it afloat. It's something that's just nonstop. Yeah. You have um, to. Yeah. And that's, it's tiring. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough and it's tiring. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's cool to go on the trips and stuff. And I, I think that a lot of people see the the pictures of us traveling and they're like, Oh, that's great. And it is, it's wonderful to be able to go to these places. Um, but it is a lot of work for just a few people to, to get it all together in between all of that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Definitely. Well, right. And then people don't see the boring stuff. I mean, my God, how many books yeah. do you have to read on, on one subject? at least 20 right <laughs> right 
Right. Exactly. And then you got to go to the websites and then you got to track people down and right. You talk to them. Um, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's, it is a lot of like secretarial work sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we just, I mean, we just started the publishing branch. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's like really, it's learning a lot of stuff in a short period of time, baptism by fire sort of thing. Um, Oh yeah. Got Bruce Hallenbeck's book and, um, you know, had to go through the editing, had to learn how to, to format stuff and make sure that we have all the proper documentation that we need for things, uh, when it comes to like photos and stuff like that. And, uh, then figuring out how to work all these programs that I've not had to use before. Um, yeah. Or even just using word in a new way. Because right. I mean, there's stuff that I learned about Word that I've never, and I've used Word extensively before, never had to learn how to put captions beneath a photo because <laughs> right. um, that's just not something I've ever needed on my own stuff. So, um, but everything's got, got more stuff and I'm working on Aaron's book going through and Aaron's is going to be, I, I would already, there's no way that it's not more intensive uh, editing wise than Howlandbeck's yeah. book. Um but Aaron's been awesome to communicate with when it comes to stuff. I'm like, Hey, I got this idea. What do you think about footnotes when it comes to it? Cause there's all these little tangents that you can go off of that add depth to it, but aren't like integral to the main part of the story. I'm like, how about footnotes, not end notes though, because nobody likes to flip that far <laughs> to see what you're talking about. How about footnotes? Sure. And he's like, no, that, that I'm down for that. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it, it's like right now I want, I, I mean, Helen Beck's book is, is done and like just got finished. Right. So there's a little bit of time to breathe and we don't have any major trips coming up. But when you look at like right before we went to Texas, the, the gear up to getting everything situated for Texas, Helen Beck's book was getting, I had to finish the edits and send it off to him like the night before we left for Texas wow, um, for approval. And then we had Texas come back, see what he had to say about his edits and then immediately start in the formatting process so we can get the book out right by the time we were hoping for. And I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a lot sometimes. Well, what, is, what does Heather Moser want to work on next? What does Heather Moser want to work on? I, you know, uh as far as like documentaries that i would like to pitch for seth no i mean like whatever like like Uh, what's what do you want to write a book about what do you you know what i mean instead of like it's it sounds like you know you're part of yeah you're part of machine and and they give you work to do you do it but what do you want to do yeah so i want to focus my own personal stuff i want to focus on like appalachian folklore and folk tales and ghost stories monster stories all that stuff but keep it in Appalachia. Um, and, uh, just because that's, that's home. That's my roots. Um, you ever talked so, to the, uh, mystic novelty company people? I have talked with them a little bit, not in depth, but yeah, I bought Robin's, uh, actually her makeup palette that she just came out. Yeah. <laughs> I, got that for my, I got that for my daughter at the, yeah, we don't have one. <laughs> that's right. I was like, this is perfect. I'll, I mean, I don't wear it. I gave it to my daughter as well, but um yeah it's it was awesome but yeah i i don't know i don't know how this would 
how it would all culminate exactly how it would all come together but I would love to focus on home um and all of the stories that go along with that and help preserve those and so I actually put out a call on my Instagram this was I think I did on Facebook too but Instagram a few months back asking for people in particular New York counties that are in Appalachia because I wanted to start accumulating stories from each county yeah um and then work my way through all of Appalachia but start in New York because there's not a ton there um before I like throw myself into West Virginia which is the whole state yeah um which you'll never finish but no just (laughs) right right probably not (laughs) but I don't know I just want to that's what I'd like to like I mean ghost stories especially but if there are monster stories that's cool and just little odds and ends of stuff that's getting lost um the longer that we go without recording it um so it even crossed my mind to get like audio of people telling their stories so that you can hear the different voices and the dialects um because even I sound different than my parents with the way I pronounce some words and they sound different than my grandparents did and each generation that's it's kind of getting muted out um so I'd like to have all of that recorded somehow for later on when it is gone that would be really cool actually I think um I mean just even as a record you know having as some type of you know resource to pull from um you know even if you didn't take it and make a show or make a doc or whatever you know just to have it um I think would be a good idea because there is a lot of like like lost media out there about this kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know where it's just these people aren't around anymore to tell that story so I think that is neat so the um do you Heather do you want to take like the folklore stuff and do you want to write about it is that what you you would like to do a book is that what you were kind of getting at I mean yeah I mean at some point it's always been a goal to, ha- to have a book of some sort um I have always loved writing um I like writing articles, blog posts, things like that. Yeah. I, for a while, wrote for the End of the Fray Weird Writer blog, and that was a lot of fun. Cool, and then yeah. for a brief period of time, I was a co-host on the Caravan Library of Lore with Lady Anne, and um, she had a blog. There hadn't been a lot um, added to it in some time, and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I just kind of like stretch my legs a little bit and try some stuff out? And uh, she was like, yeah, go ahead. And pretty consistently for several months, I was putting out uh, a blog post, I think every week. And in that, I kind of took on this character of someone who is having you step up into the caravan and let's go on a, let's go on a journey and see, let's follow the, the wild hunt that we just saw, see what happens there. Let's go to the crossroads and integrate like storytelling elements in with actual folklore um but at the end of every blog post whether it was for shannon or the caravan i always had like uh like the bibliography because i wanted it i want elements to always track back to something that is written down somewhere so that we can keep the stories going sure um did you have a live journal back in the day I did not have a live journal. There was Zanga for a brief period of time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was its, its bastard cousin or whatever. <laughs> I had Zanga. Uh, yeah, I had Zanga. I don't remember. I never, I mean, it was, that was more just like uh, diary type stuff, I guess, right. like an online diary than, than writing 
the articles and, and blog posts like that. But I don't know. I'd like to start something up like that again and just, I don't know, add things to it. I don't know yet. I can't have, I don't have a clear vision of what a book would look like, but right. someday it would be amazing to have one. So, I envy the people that like pump these books out constantly. Right. I don't like we went and interviewed um, for the lore, you know, I was out in uh, Alton, Illinois presenting at a conference and I interviewed Troy Taylor for the lore, you know, while I was there. Yeah. And the amount of books that he has is insane. And basically yeah. um, it's the kind of thing, what I gathered was if he's interested in it, then he'll start researching it and he write a book, he writes a book. Um, so his stuff is all over the map as far as what he's written about. Because right. it's, well, I was interested in it. So I decided to take a few months and research and write. And I'm like, that's what I need to do. Uh, yeah. I would love to do that someday. <laughs> I can't do that. I wish I could. I just, I can't. Well, somebody, you know, I'll, st- well, I'm, I'm trying to do this Mothman book. And my goal right now is to have it on the table at the Frogman Festival this March. That's what I'm trying to okay. do. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, you know, especially because we are, um, it, you know, also we're coming to Monster Fest and I definitely wanted to have books by oh, then. Yeah. That was yeah, my yeah. original goal. Oh, yeah. When is that? That's the one we were we sponsored. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. Yeah. We're a sponsor. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> June 3rd. <laughs> when is that? June 3rd of 2023. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like my original goal. I was like, okay, I want books by June 3rd. Well, then Jeff Craig approaches me and is like, hey, do you want to see the Frogman thing? And I'm like, okay i want to have books by march 4th (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i'll Um, be there talking i'm one of the speakers for that too oh yeah you are yeah i I knew that um so so you can you can see both heather and i at the frogman festival um and march 3rd uh, (laughs) pato i guess is going to be there (laughs) i will be i will be hosting the official after party in the uh great wolf hot tub hot tub after party we're gonna record an episode of the show that's what he says um but yeah so anyway um but i don't you're right i agree with you because i'm struggling just to like sit down and write this book and all i gotta do is write like all the information's there i just need to put it together right and it's like you know but then somebody will come to me and be like hey i've got this property with maybe this thing on it or hey i saw this thing we check this out and you know then i have to like pick and choose what i'm doing so i don't know how people just like jam it jam it out on one topic i don't get that Every they don't week play is, video yeah. games and they don't have babies well <laughs> yeah that's um, the key to being we, productive <laughs> we talked with uh nick redfern when we were in texas yeah he's got aaron. a lot uh, yeah and i can't i don't know if it was aaron that asked him but might have been asked him how he goes through the books it might have been shannon i don't remember but anyway he basically said well you know, I take about two or three months and that's just all I do. Like I get up, I do it. He works on it during the day and then whatever in the evenings, but like that's his work day for a few months, a couple months. I'm like, okay, all right. I guess that's how you do it. But how do you make everything else stop? (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't figured that part out yet, which is why I go, if I write anything, it's an article or yeah. a blog post. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's short stuff. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, even writing the Rougarou script, what helped for that was that it was broken up. I mean, we had sections that we knew we wanted to cover. Right. So that was, and you also couldn't overload the narration either because 
I mean, we have Lyle talking, but, um, you know, the movie's only so long and he's not the only one talking. You got witnesses talking. So it wasn't a ton of writing, but it, it helped to have it broken up into smaller segments, which I suppose one could argue is like chapters in a book. But, <laughs> but they can go I, fuck themselves. It's not the same. I, yeah, <laughs> I still feel like whenever you're like, oh, but it all has to connect in a cohesive whole like a book. Yeah. And I'm like, how about a short story compendium, though? How about that? Let's try that. <laughs> well, you certainly could. You know, eventually, I mean, we have things like... um I mean, just look at like Keel, right? There's books of mm-hmm. just his collection of newspaper articles. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not like that's unrealistic and especially in this type of community. Yeah. Of, well, go ahead. I was going to say a lot of writers after their first novel will release a collection of short stories. Um, right. Joe Mino did that. Freddie uh, Stanellis did that. Um, I'm sure there's lots of them. I mean, that's something that Stephen King does that all the time. I mean, he writes, he cranks out novels a year though, but I mean, the (laughs) the short story anthology thing is not, it's, it's a legitimate literary form. Right. Right. So if that's what you start with, that's what you start with. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would, I would recommend that everybody, uh, not just YouTube, but like even all of our listeners, November is national novel writing month. And Mm -hmm. I, I participate in that pretty much every year. And it's a great, you know, the goal is basically to sit down and write uh, 1,700 words a day, every day in November. And, um, you know, some days are easier than others. Some days it could take longer than others. But, I mean, if you, everyone's got an hour or two that they doom scroll through their cell phone. Or they, <laughs> they, they play video yeah. games. Or you read someone else's book. And that's, yep. how, how do I find time in November? I don't read in November you know, and I read constantly. So if I just cut out my reading time, sorry to burp, um, and focus that on writing, that is, that's all you need, you know, and these guys that are saying, oh, I write eight hours a day. Hey, good for them. I don't know what, you know, their situation is, but not everyone could do that, but you can find an hour to two. And really you'd be surprised how much, if you, if you sit down and maybe all day at work, you sit down and you you, you make some notes in your phone or on a note card, like what I'm going to write about tonight. Um, And then when you sit down for two hours, you can easily get down 2000 words. And if you do that for a couple of weeks, you can get together a 50,000 page novella or book. And not to talk shit about any of the authors that you talked about here, but you know, I've been to enough of these conferences and picked up enough people's books to realize that a lot of these authors and the shit they release and like dump out on Amazon. I think you listen, there, there's only one Stephen King. There's only one, um, you know, uh, I brought, I hate to bring up Brody Stellis. I'm, I'm brain farting right now. Like there's, there's the, there's the authors that everybody knows. And then there's a whole right. bunch of other people that also write that aren't that good, that are right. still okay. That are still making money off it and still right. have a fan base and are still respected. So don't worry if you're not the best. Um, a lot of these people that sell these books, they're not the best, but they just, the, the difference is, is that they finish things and they put it out. Yeah. Right right and that's all it is that's true so don't you know don't hold on to shit anything you write put it out there to the world to see otherwise why you know what's the point of doing it and um amazon will self-publish you know they used to just self-publish ebooks like on kindle now they self you could self-publish paperbacks Mm -hmm. and you can upload your manuscript in word and with some cover art and they will throw a uh 
ISBN or they'll throw a barcode on it and they'll sell it and, and, and they'll print it. And there you go. You know what I mean? Well, Heather doesn't need that tip because she works for a publishing no, I, company. Yeah. No, no, that it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying yeah, I'm not, that sounds no, correct. This was not this this was not me giving Heather Mosier uh, <laughs> industry advice. Okay, please <laughs> don't flip the script. I'm just no. talking about like you know that you I'm DIYing it for our audience. Like you two can yeah, do this yeah. stuff. Like please. It, yes, yeah. It's very it's very easy. Yeah, it's very um not it's not very easy, but it's it's not all that difficult either. It's not impossible. The sure. the idea part coming up with a with a sustainable idea and then and then putting the words down no that is not easy by any stretch of the imagination right. but right. don't that you know that's that's the work it's doable yeah getting getting yeah. the books published and seeing your name on a on a book that you could sell at a, a event or or whatever or, or ha- something that you could put on your own bookshelf that's not hard that's that's yeah. actually very easy not at all yeah. Heather how is the small town publishing going is it is it um... Are you guys getting a lot of bites on it? You getting a lot of people that that want to work with you guys? Uh, yeah. So right now we had the children's book that we put out first, uh, Curious Creatures, uh, The Vegetable Man, and that was a whole other ball game than Helen Beck's book. That's only the second release, right? Um, and then we have Aaron's book coming, um, and then we have people that have submitted some things, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't officially have anybody else signed yet. Um, partially because uh, I need to know the time frame. Like, well, we need to know the time frame, not just me, but uh, we have the movies to make as well. And I want to make sure that when it comes to editing, especially that I am able to put enough time into it. Right. So anybody that's contacted me, I'm like, okay, realistically, your book won't be coming out if if we if we can do it your book won't be out until like middle of next year just because right. i can't i can't do it justice we've got to get um artists and the formatting and all this stuff to do it and then hype it up like we want to i can't do that i can't tr- we can't turn it out in like two months um well right with having just a small team i mean that's just the right. reality of it yeah um so but yeah, no, we've had people submit stuff. I have at least one full manuscript sitting in my inbox um, to look over. But I, as soon as um, that author had emailed me, I, I just said, listen, we're going to Texas. I got to finish this other book. Right. I'll, I will get back to you in a couple months. I, I, you know, at least until we get things, I don't know, until we get things in more of a routine, we're just trying to keep it small, just sure. a few until we get get an idea of what we're doing and how to how to do it at a decent pace right Um, so that makes sense but yeah lots of children's books um i feel like i've gotten more people asking about children's books than other books um and some people already have the children's books written they just don't have artists or um some that have it all done they just wanted somebody to publish it wow Um, so I don't know. We it's it's not that we have a lack of people right um, of necessarily asking. It's just right now to do it the way that we feel comfortable doing it, it's it's gonna take us a while to get through some some more stuff. 
Sure. Well, right. I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, it's not like when you're a big publishing company, you have people whose job it is to just read it. And then you have people whose job it is to just edit it. And, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. And we all want to agree on it, too. It's not just like it's not just my call about uh, a thing just because I do the editing. Sure. Seth has to approve it, of course. Sure. Um, And my little diatribe was directed towards all those people. Quit bothering nice heather Mosier with your uh unsolicited <laughs> manuscripts and just fucking print the stuff yourself <laughs> yeah i mean and i'm going on all right yeah. you're gonna sit there and read your 300 page <laughs> fan fiction like print it yourself leave her alone wow yeah. i disagree with me <laughs> well i mean it's got to be also what i i think i like about all of this right now anyway is that this the stuff that i have been reading obviously it falls under the umbrella of something that our community would like so right. therefore i'm already interested but it's also not as if i haven't had people luckily nobody sent me a full manuscript i wouldn't have read it anyway but i have people throw ideas just like through instagram or something oh. that has nothing to do with cryptids or general strangeness or nothing that would fall under the category of small town monsters yeah because they heard it's, there's a publishing company now and they know somebody who's involved and i'm like yeah, that's not gonna <laughs> i could point you somewhere else maybe <laughs> Go like, or print it yourself yep. like you said but um that's not what gonna it, work for us what what is the most off base pitch that you've gotten so far uh the most off base pitch <laughs> Um, I don't even know because I, I, I throw this stuff. There's so much stuff going on that when this hap like that kind of thing happens, I immediately push it out of my brain is about as quickly as I yeah. can. Um, right now we don't have anything like the goal, at least at this point is to not have something that's necessarily a complete fictionalized novel. Um, so, I mean, like Veggie Man, that's a kid's book, but right. like Helen Beck's book is a memoir. Aaron's is research slash memoir, um, you know, personal accounts, that kind of thing. But getting a pitch for like a, a like someone who's wanting to create a world like Tolkien or something, right. I mean, that's not in the realm of what we're doing, at least right now. Um, so anything that I've gotten like that is... I guess it's not totally off base because people in our community like that kind of stuff, but it's off base for what we're doing right now. Has anybody um, pitched erotica? No, not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Not yet. <laughs> not that yet. sounds like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, my first, not my, I guess not my first foray into stuff, but the first time I went into any type of werewolf searching for a mm-hmm. the amount of werewolf erotica that is online oh, yeah. is ridiculous even just amazon googling on amazon like ruguru books or something and all this erotica i'm like what is happening it's like ravaging Um, the ruguru and yeah yeah i know (laughs) yeah there's a whole series about the ruguru yeah you people are sick (laughs) hey hey it's like whoa whoa calm down (laughs) what about what about dinosaur erotica as we open up publishing that (laughs) i don't i don't think not you know what maybe next year 
<laughs> it's See? not a no. <laughs> so you guys got time to proofread. <laughs> That's right. You got time to proofread. <laughs> if it doesn't turn them on, then they're not publishing it, Pat. <laughs> That's I'm surprised though. Honestly, it's a big thing. I mean, yeah, that's what we were saying. That's kind of like become like a like a big thing lately. Is like this cryptid erotica. So I'm shocked. That oh, we're... that's they're not gonna do. Do people don't respectable people don't do porn. <laughs> like I, I hate that that has to be said and that I have to be the one to say it. But like, no, maybe if they have an imprint that they that they finance through back channels or something like that if they if they really wanted to put that content out there i'm sure they would they'd come up with a new llc and uh and, with themselves that, yeah but they're not they're not going to tarnish their brand by publishing that shit like come on you know nobody ever said that. everybody the people messaging heather were respectable people so i don't <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm if sure you have, it. if you have, if you have uh, a cryptid themed erotica that you want to pitch, call seven seven three five nine weird and leave us a voicemail oh with mm-hmm. with your hottest paragraph or something. And uh, we'll read it on the air. We'll play it on the show. Yeah, one hundred percent. We'll play. We'll play it for you. <laughs> what is this? What just happened? All right. Well, we, we could guess what cryptid is being discussed. Oh my gosh. That, that's a good idea just from the description mm-hmm. yeah don't name the cryptid that you're talking or the creature that you're talking about just name the a sexy scene and then we'll <laughs> guess it <laughs> like do you think the mothman would have like mind control pollen maybe like like mothra like he would have oh okay i see what you're saying you know what i mean remember how mothra had that pollen and yeah. it would like uh it would heal or make people go to sleep or something i don't know yeah i do yeah well maybe yeah that's well, I, you know i don't fucking know okay listen <laughs> <laughs> just planting the seeds just seeing you know if, if you want to write a sexy i don't not you i don't <laughs> if you want to write a a, a a cryptid erotica and you want to you want to call it into the show at seven seven three five nine weird we will read it out and we will try to guess what creature it is this might be fun actually people know you know who does that though uh what's her name what's her name uh sarah cooper sarah cooper does do that and what's her she's got a really clever pen name too I don't. I'm like, oh, I can't remember what it is. Maybe are you supposed to say her pin name? Is it? Is it no, she trick? like. I don't know. She told me like it wasn't. I didn't have to read it out of her or anything. It was like. <laughs> it, it was like a. It was like a uh, euphemism. Euphemism for like butt stuff. It was like. Like Anna. <laughs> no, it was stuff. like Anna. Anna. Anna Anal e. probe. That's no, that's no, no. Her. It was Anna something. No, it is. An L probe. Yes, that's her. No, it's not. Yes, it is. How do you know this? Because she told me. I'm going to ask her. Are you revealing secrets, though? No, 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 no. I'm sure she, if it drums up sales, I'm sure she'd cap to it. I mean, hey, she could always say I'm lying. I mean, whatever. I'm not going to get buttered over it. But, like, yeah, I want to say that's her. Maybe it is her. She she does have those books with her a lot. That's, that's <laughs> yes. Those are the, what, you think she's there selling someone else's books? We no. read them out loud at the first Cryptid Bash. I'm like 90% sure that's her because I asked her about it because she had made a comment about it and I had remember when I was trying to do that dinosaur thing yeah and me and her were talking about it and she goes oh I, I do this stuff this is what it is and what is happening <laughs> we're 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 uh supporting female authors we are supporting female that's true 
We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. And L probe. Are you serious? I'm going to ask her. I'm going to ask her if that's her. Um, Heather, did you know this about Sarah Cooper? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no. And if it's not her, I totally apologize. I'm not. I'm sure she doesn't think that this is slanderous or anything. I'm not trying to besmirch her good name. Well, she, but like, she, no, 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 no. She's really into like that the the erotica stuff and you know which is fine but like i i didn't realize it i thought that she was talking about writing some of it i didn't realize that she already had no nah, she's a doer there you go well that's true she is a doer so i, I don't know they're sad well anyway small town monsters <laughs> publishing is looking for <laughs> not that <laughs> they're they looking for for now um they're looking for <laughs> nonfiction. Um, I mean, maybe if you had a personal endeavor um, happen, maybe in a spaceship or something somewhere, and, and you write about it, then you could probably sure. submit. But well, um, yeah, yeah, you know, then it's a true story. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you can always send it. It just may not. Be <laughs> 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 Gotta mix it up, you know. Um, yeah. So, okay, back 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 to reality here. Um, what kinds of things do you guys have coming up that you're excited about? I don't know how much you you can talk about, but um, what kinds of things do you have coming up that you're really looking forward to? Well, I think we we announced the stuff that's coming up next year, so I should be safe for now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think you did. We, uh, <clears throat> coming up, uh, Jersey Devil will be out for everybody to see. That's exciting. Uh, and then we'll have On the Trail of Bigfoot, The Last Frontier, which will be the first of two Alaska On the Trail of Bigfoot movies. Very cool. Um, yeah, that was complete happenstance that that happened while we were in Alaska that we got enough footage to and interviews and stuff to uh, make to two both, movies. Yeah. That's not what we definitely didn't set out to do. It was something that about halfway through the trip, we were like, wait a second. Um this is this is a lot of stuff um but of course aaron's book will be coming out and then the texas dogman triangle stuff so more dogman mm-hmm. we're gonna have the kickstarter comes out in february like it always does first week february um one unique thing about it this year is that we're going to do another documentary that's tied to the kickstarter only um, so like for the first year or so, it'll only be available to Kickstarter backers before it would ever be a discussion oh. to make it public. Um, and uh, if that does well, then that's something that we are probably going to do for every Kickstarter moving forward. But that's going to be cryptid, colon, the chupacabra, Ooh. Um, which we've already started filming for that. Um, we've got more skinwalker slash werewolf type stuff coming up next year but we have monster fest is the big thing mm-hmm. um that'll be in june and uh i i don't know we'll see how how that goes i mean i'm super stoked about it all the vendor spots are gone um i think we only have a couple more like uh sponsorship slots left but mm-hmm. other than that we've got our we've already been announcing the guests and speakers and it's i don't know i'm excited for monster fest i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna do well yeah i'm i'm stoked but it's something that like the amount of planning and and stuff that has had to go into it already and we're still 
months and months away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's only going to get more chaotic, but I think it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Where is that? Yeah. It's in Canton, Ohio. Um, it's going to be held at the Double Tree by Hilton. And um, actually, that's on June 3rd. June 2nd, the night before, we'll be premiering a movie at the Canton Palace Theater as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and that's within walking distance of that hotel. So you can just walk down the street and go in. The, in the uh, Canton Palace Theater is gorgeous. It's a historic theater. Um, it just looks like almost like an opera house inside. It's oh. gorgeous. Um, so it's one of our favorite places to premiere anything. So it, it worked out that that all lined up for us. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's going to be, of course, more beyond the trail. Um, but yeah, we've got. So next year, there'll be five documentaries that will be coming out. Yeah. If you count the Cryptid Chupacabra one and then Aaron's book and. I'm sure another one, at least one other by the end of the year. Um, and then YouTube things. Sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever may come up on YouTube stuff. Uh, but Beyond the Trail will be one of them. Of course, uh, Alex is doing a great job with that. And so is Eli. And Eli has some stuff coming too, but I don't know if I can go into details about that. But Let's there's more stuff, sure. coming from, more stuff coming from Eli too. Sure. So, Are you going to be, I know you mentioned at the beginning, you've got the lore, you know, is there plans to bring it back at some point? You know, I certainly hope so. Sure. Uh, it's, it's a situation where um, we've got a lot going on, small team and sure. no, uh, no person that can dedicate the time that's needed right, right now to editing the podcast, because we had the lore, you know, Monsteropolis. Um, we just brought back Sasswhat. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we just don't have the manpower at the moment to focus on that. Oh, yeah. So hopefully it comes back. But in the meantime, we'll have all those other things. And then I'll be around at some events next year, too. So I'll see it in Cincinnati-ish area. Yeah, Cincinnati-ish. <laughs> Cincinnati-ish. It's all okay. over on that side of Ohio. It's <laughs> It's right by Kings Island, you know. <laughs> so, okay. okay, yeah, so that's Cincinnati in my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'll be there, and then I'll be at a a couple weeks later. I'll be at a place in Pennsylvania at a paranormal conference, um, which mm-hmm. the name is not in my brain right now because <laughs> I'm frazzled. Um, and then I'll be at the Haunted America conference in Alton in the summer of 2023 you've got a you got a busy year planned yeah yeah (laughs) it'll be fun you know in between filming and stuff too so it'll be it'll be good times well where can people find you at to follow everything that you're doing well if you follow small town monsters you'll follow most of what i'm doing but if you want to follow me personally um pagan historian on instagram um that's my personal account so you'll see stuff scm related and then i don't know nature pictures and i have thoughts as i'm out walking around always taking pictures of moss or mushrooms rocks things like that um but yeah anything else that i would be that i would personally be doing will be posted on there as well so or if you have 
a pitch to send me that is within the next year. So I'm not talking the two to three year Just plan. don't even do it. Just don't even do it. <laughs> okay. Um, just save yourself. Save right, yourself. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I will send my I'm email. doing you a favor. This is my thank, thank you for you. doing the episode. Yeah. Just don't even I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so Pegan Historian is where you can find me. And then STM stuff. Just search Small Town Monsters on YouTube or smalltownmonsters.com. And um, yeah, definitely. Pat O, do you have any closing questions, comments, or concerns? Nope, I'm done. <laughs> he does this with every guest. I don't know. He's just, a, no, that's it. I'm a, it's over. <laughs> no concerns. No concerns. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I like, you know, the, the way that you answered this question. I'm concerned. <laughs> He's he's concerned about your inbox after the erotic. Oh, what, what's your, <laughs> That's true. What's your character class in D and D? What was your, your and and while you were an I, undead what? And then oh, I was okay. I was an undead warlock first. Okay. Um, and uh, this was before, like the first expansion or whatever. So I had her up to level sixty, and then I got her to seventy before I was done. And then I was an undead priest after that. Stuck with the undead. I tried all the other races, but always for the horde. I wasn't going to be on the Alliance side. It's too brightly colored. I didn't even like blood elves. Um, and then D&D, I very rarely am a player. I'm usually the DM. Oh, I know that. So That, that is my curse as well. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can't even. It'd be a spellcaster if I did have to play something. But I'd much rather be the DM, actually. Okay. Oh. She enjoys so. the DM. Any follow-up questions yeah. to that, Pato? Uh, are you playing? Are you in a campaign right now? No, we were in a campaign right before COVID hit, and we were playing uh, Curse of Strahd. Oh, cool. Okay. Which was amazing. Didn't get through it. Then COVID came, shut everything down. So we moved everything to Roll20, but I was not willing to take the time to learn how to do Roll20 as a DM. So we switched DMs and started up a couple other campaigns, but things have fallen apart. Actually, Roll20, our one DM decided to have us play Call of Cthulhu for a while, and that was really good on Roll20. That was a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, no no current campaigns. The party has, everybody went their own way, it seems like, so. When you did Call of Cthulhu, did you do a voice? Uh, I did not do a voice, no. Courtney was the one who always did voices for things. Um, and well, and then a couple other people because they actually do voice acting a little bit. So oh, that okay. was fun. But um, no, I can't. I can try. The best I did for voicing, which I wouldn't be able to recreate now because I don't have the script in front of me. But when I was doing Strahd and they came to Madame Eva's tent, I had her have like a Romani type accent as she's reading the fortunes for them. Oh. Um, so. I'm not averse to it. It's just something I really, I can't do it on the fly. I got to prep. <laughs> I can't do voices at all. So it's fine. <laughs> I'm just a bad It's more like an accent. I can't like, I can't change my voice too much, but <laughs> sure. um, yeah. I can really, I am no actress. As I, I tell people, I, I'm only good at being me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm good at. <laughs> Pato, anything else? Jeez, you want me to go again? 
Well, we got. We got, we got <laughs> you fucking already asked me that, and I said no. We got. And less you pushed than four me, minutes. so I talked to her about D and D for a little bit, and then okay, then that kind of just died down, and then I put my <laughs> mic back up, and now you want me to know she, she, we, we can release her to the night. She's free to go now. She's tra- she's stuck here forever in uh, Wednesday land. Um, <laughs> all right, Heather. Well, thank you again so much for for coming on the show and. uh talking weird with us and being weird with us um i hope i hope you come back that would be nice oh heck yeah um that would be pretty cool we'll find something for you to talk about all right (laughs) sure sounds good to me (laughs) all right guys well with that being said we'll see you back here next wednesday